Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewhale.com and check it out. Too often, especially small business owners, can get so excited about a big order and not think about the risk associated and that in 30, 60, or 90 days, their bank is going to debit that whole amount back. Welcome back to Pitstop. Off. Joining me is the legendary fraud and chargeback prevention consultant and advisor. Not quite even sure how to introduce her because she has saved her clients over $100 million through fraud prevention and chargeback reduction. And she is one of the most trusted and advisors and consultants in the space over the last 15 years. If you enjoyed this episode of Pit Stop or one of the other ones featuring Chris Hendrick, make sure you subscribe to her podcast, Fraudology. Chris, welcome back to Pit Stop. Thanks so much. So let's jump into it. You did such a good job in the, the first episode of being able to really explain the concept so much better than me in a way that's understandable. I'm just going to pass it over to you to kind of tee up what this episode is about. Because as we were chatting in the green room, what's really interesting is how once you get to a certain size, you really have to start optimizing your fraud prevention the same way that you do any other type of bottom line net profit impact metric like your conversion rate on your website, like the effectiveness of your automations, like your SEO ranking. So I'm going to pass it over to you to just help educate myself and the merchants, the operators who are listening of how to prevent payment fraud in their Shopify store. Yeah, absolutely. So like we talked about in the previous episode, as far as preventing chargebacks, we really talked a lot about preventing service related chargebacks. There's another bucket of chargebacks, so to speak, that can really impact an online business. And it sometimes it can impact a really small business. Sometimes it's not until the business is of a certain size and getting media attention. It really varies. But I think some of the biggest things for companies to know, if you haven't received fraud chargebacks, you need to know that just because the bank said that there was money in the account at the time that the customer made a purchase, that is not the bank saying that that card wasn't stolen. The bank and the card brands essentially have made the determination and really it's Visa and MasterCard's world and we're just living in it where it's your liability. It's up to the merchant to know who's making a purchase on their card when it's online, when it's over the phone, when it's via mobile app, etc. And sometimes that can seem really unfair because if you're in a store face to face with someone, like if I stole your credit card and, and took it to a grocery store, if the you know clerk is looking at the card, they're going to say, hmm, Lucas is a really interesting name for you. Right, but like I could steal your card and use it on anyone's Shopify website or any other kind of website, and they wouldn't know who's on the other end, right? However, there is a lot of information that is transmitted during a purchase, and you know that for lots of other things, uh, whether it's IP address or device information or their address or their phone number, their name, their email, etc. But I think that you know it's it really is your job to know like if that person's credit card is theirs or not, if that account is theirs or not. Fraud can get very complex very quickly, but 
for the masses, I think it's important to really, you know, understand a few things. The first one is like, if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. If there's a customer that comes on your website and automatically just goes straight for the most expensive thing on your website and checks out right away and maybe their billing address is in you know one state in the US and they're shipping to another state and there's all this that looks suspicious right so um, that's a very obvious example they are not all that obvious I think it's really important also to really help companies understand that because there's a lot of companies and small business owners especially that'll tell me well no one's gonna want to steal from me like why would they want to steal whatever I'm selling it's like well if you're making money on that good or service like they can make money on it too the stories I could tell about how creative they can be would last us all day but those are just a couple things it really is you know it's similar to monitoring shoplifters in your store right like fraudsters have various behaviors online that are different from your good consumers on how they use your website to the information they provide during checkout it's interesting that you mentioned smaller stores and it might just be because it happens so in- infrequently if it happens once a month you're not spending that much time or even once a week. It's just not worth it if you're doing five, 600 or orders a month. But at what volume does it really become an issue for merchants? I'm assuming higher ticket items. But when do businesses or, or Shopify brands need to start going on the offense a little bit about their chargeback prevention? That's a really hard question to have like a very straightforward answer for. It really depends. It depends on a lot of things from what you're selling and and really how easy it is for them to sell it in a secondhand market. So if there are goods that you're selling online that can be put on eBay or other marketplaces like them, not to pick on eBay, just that's one that we all know. If you know that there's a pretty good percentage of the MSRP that can be gotten by selling that new with tag or new in the box, you're going to be a target, right? But then there's also all the way down to the small end for merchants that have an average order value of you know, $30 or more, they can be targets for what we call cart testing, where, you know, Fraudsters are trying to see, is this credit card number that somebody, you know, obtained several weeks ago still valid before I go make a very large dollar purchase, like thousands of dollars? They're looking for a way to test that. And a lot of times they'll use your system, your checkout, your shopping cart to do that. And then you're paying the fees. And so it really varies on what their goal is, what their motivation is. But the other thing is when a fraudster finds a loophole, when they find a business that's an easy target and they don't have to put a lot of extra effort into it, they don't have to go out of their way to do uh, things to really blend in, then if it's easy to steal from you, they're not only going to exploit that, they're going to post it on all the message boards. And message boards are no longer just on, you don't need a Tor browser for them anymore for fraud. You know, it used to be, ooh, the dark web. But now it's on, you know, all kinds of private messaging apps and social media, et cetera, where they're all saying, hey, this website is wide open. And I follow a lot of those. And I've really been saddened to see several smaller brands that I didn't even know I had to Google. Usually it's brands that, you know, we all know and trust. And I've been very fortunate in my career to work with almost all of those guys at one point or another. But 
Now it's starting to be these smaller companies because they're saying, hey, this small camera shop over here sells GoPros or, you know, this bike shop over here sells this brand. And so they know that if they're to go to the top electronics companies, those guys have so much fraud technology that it's going to be very hard to steal from them. But if they can find a small mom and pop shop that sells the same thing, they're going to hit that all day long. And that's really where my heart is in wanting to help merchants know that they can prevent that in various ways so that they can protect their business and protect their customers as well. So I think that really brings up the next topic. What are some of the, the tools or uh, some of the ready to implement tomorrow ways that some of the smaller businesses can prevent some of that uh, that fraud? You know, Shopify does provide a, you know, a decent level of protection to all of their merchants with you know, IP address verification and velocity rules and all of that, uh, that can sometimes give you a false sense of security and think, oh, somebody else is watching it, it's fine. And then you can have a big attack and at the end of the day, it's your money and your merchandise that you're missing. So there are definitely, you know, looking at kind of just having a sense of, is this too good to be true or does this make sense? Um, that can kind of be for lower volume. That can be fine once you start to see a lot of suspicious behavior or once you start getting a few fraud chargebacks it might be worth looking into hiring a fraud prevention company and uh, there's several different types there are some that are just SaaS software they often require someone internally in your company to have a pretty at least a basic understanding of fraud prevention to be able to write rules specific to your company it can get kind of complicated but i think for a lot of these mid-market shopify companies one of the best options is some of these companies they offer indemnification so they're fraud prevention companies that actually do the work for you they've really specialized in understanding not just what does fraud look like you know basically or whatever but what does it look like at various levels of your business. So they, their entire job, their core competency is fraud. It's very similar to hiring a fulfillment center. And these guys, they feel so strongly in what they do that they say, if we say, okay, this transaction's good, go ahead and ship it, and then it turns into a chargeback, they will actually pay you back for that chargeback. Additionally, their goal is for you to have as many sales as possible, right? Because a lot of times they're taking an incremental, pretty small percentage um, of the transaction for that service. Well, they want you to have a lot of sales too, so that they're also working hard on not canceling too many orders, which can also happen a lot. If you just have a set it and forget it, you know, pretty cheap app that I know are out there on Shopify, that, can get you in a lot of trouble because they'll just cancel anything that looks risky and good guys can look bad and bad guys can look good. So two of them that I know are on the Shopify app, uh, one of them is no fraud. And from what I understand, they're one of the top apps in the Shopify app for fraud prevention. The other one is called approved and it's approved, but spelled weird. So it's A-P-R-U-V-D. And uh, both of them offer indemnification. Uh, they're a little different, different ways, but I don't get anything for recommending them. I, I do know the owners of both and admire how they do things and uh, they're very similar to what I would do. And honestly, they're who I've 
recommended friends and family too. So that's why I feel confident mentioning them today. Awesome. Well, thank you for the the tools. And are there any other ready to implement strategies that merchants and, and operators and small business owners can do tomorrow to start preventing any fraudulent orders? Using common sense is really the best tool that you can have in fraud prevention. You know, why is this person making this purchase or, you know, why are they buying a hundred of X or whatever it is. But also, I think it's important to know that the fraudsters know that your system is capturing their IP address. They know that it's capturing all this information. So oftentimes once a merchant will implement some form of upper level fraud prevention, then they'll start to do things like call on the phone and either talk to your customer service or if there's just one person working there, however it works, to place an order because they know that you can't capture an IP address from a phone. So that's something to be really on the lookout for. Oftentimes they'll have a big story or they'll be in a hurry. That's what we call social engineering. I think it's just really important to have you know that level of awareness and just say, why, why would they just go on my website? Or you know, maybe I can just say, hey, go ahead and put your order through our website. I think too often, especially small business owners can get so excited about a big order and not necessarily think about the risk associated and that in 30, 60 or 90 days, their bank is going to debit that whole amount back and that can be crippling to a business. So I think having that extra level of awareness it's you know very similar to like you know having a security guard and cameras and all of that you know the theft tags in a in-person store it's just equally important to do it online as well just in a little bit different way i agree and i think that's so smart to think it's easy to think well if i'm taking it over the phone it's going to be more secure because they have to give me some of their identity but it's like you said there are so many ways to to social engineer it the same psychological uh, marketing tactics that you can use to in your store can be used against you. The discount timer to create urgency. If somebody says, hey, can I place this order within five minutes? I've, I've got to go. Already you're planting that seed of urgency. And that's the exact same thing as a countdown timer on your website of when you're booking with uh, the airlines, complete your order within five minutes to reserve your seat. It's the same psychological tactic of creating that urgency and counting that down. Yeah, yeah, and they know that, right? They know that if they say, I'm in a hurry and I wanna make this purchase and da 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 da, you know, they know that you're, especially for companies that prioritize customer service, that's what you're gonna try to do. Or if a fraud prevention technology approves an order, but then the customer calls back and says, hey, can you actually send it to my sister's address somewhere else? Well, you should have that run through as well because oftentimes they know once they get that email that their order has been approved and is in process, they're like, yes, green light. Okay, I no longer want to send it to the person whose credit card it was. I now want to send it to me, to a drop address somewhere. So they'll call and do that. So there's just a lot of ways. I certainly don't say any of these things to scare people. I think it's just really important. You don't know what you don't know. And it's just so important to just kind of have that extra eye out, right? And and know that this can happen and that if someone does steal from you, it is your money on the line. It's not the banks. Yeah, the customer calls their credit card company to file fraud, but if it was a card not present, if that card was not swiped or in, the chip wasn't inserted, it's on you. And so you do need to do your due diligence to make sure that you're protecting your company as well as your customers, because this can really impact your bottom line and make you have to increase prices and all the other things. No, absolutely. 
no crease. I think that's a a great time to wrap it up. I, I feel like we could easily do three hour long podcasts, but the whole point of the show is that it's a quick tune up. It's not a, a full engine replacement in your high performance Shopify store. It's a, a quick little tune up to keep you going it, as you start getting ready for for BFCM, which is the first mention of Black Friday Cyber Monday on the pod. So maybe implement a don't take orders over the phone policy. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you do, make it for customers that have already shopped with you or ask them questions like, how did you find our website? And it's not what they say, it's how they answer, right? Mm -hmm. If you throw them off guard and say, oh, like, what color is your house? And you're looking up their address on Google Maps, right? And they're like, I don't know. You know, just things like that, right? Keep them on their toes. So I wouldn't necessarily say don't ever take over the phone sales, but they're definitely a lot riskier, especially now that online companies have gotten so much better at detecting fraud online. Perfect. Thank you so much. Make sure you're subscribed to Pit Stop wherever you're listening. If you, if this is your first time listening, welcome. Next episode, we're talking about recovering money from chargebacks. If you can't get enough of these conversations, you can find Chris as the host of her podcast, Fraudology, wherever you're listening to Pit Stop. I also host another podcast rolled up. Go take a listen if you enjoy more casual NPR style pods. And as always, if you enjoyed this, make sure you subscribe, share with your mother-in-law. on television in primetime can lead to a large number of sales. Just ask anyone who was in the tank pitching their business or the co-founder of TB12 what happened after he won the Super Bowl or whatever I'm allowed to call it in this ad for ShipBob. TB12 had four times their normal sales volume in December and they were able to get all of those orders out on time because they're partnered with ShipBob. You can partner with ShipBob too. Head to ShipBob.com, get a quote, see what difference it could make for your business. Triple Whale is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to TripleWhale.com and sign up today.